Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Showtime! Love Hope Radio. Uh, All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Woke up this morning looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long.
William. Why? Because we got Joe McGee on. Duh. Awesome sauce. Oh, speaking of awesome sauce, I got I got awesome sauce bombed again. Hey, uh, in that case, I got to say thanks and a quick shout out to Aaron D. Johnson for that one. Aaron D. Johnson, awesome sauce, me. And uh, by the way, with the awesome sauce, he has like this really cool sauce for beards and mustaches. And you go to honestamish.com, Aaron D. Johnson will fill your order. And if you mention Talking Beards, you get 15% off on that order with a bunch of awesome sauce. Ta-da! It's really good stuff if you have, like, if you're a guy and you have a beard or something, you put it on. We've got it in both of our bathrooms. And he was a guest on our show. He's actually, what what, um, show on TV is this guy from, Francie? He was inspired by the Whisker Wars, and he, oh, yeah. Got, yeah. he was watching it, and I got to tell you, if you go on to his uh, Facebook page, you're going to see these photos of him. He was like a cleanly shaven kid, and then he grew this beard, and he's like, awesome sauce! Yeah, he, it's he not edible, though. No, no it's, it's not. not edible. But, but I'm sure we can no, all agree but, that uh, his beard definitely puts uh, ZZ Top for a nice run for the money, though. It's very good for grooming. Oh, yeah, and people like that with, with you know, um, stuff growing out of their face. It's very groovy. <laughs> No, I, I love Aaron D. Johnston, and I, I love the fact that he's sharing his adventure around the world. He was able to retire from his job, and, you know, he didn't even give his job the finger. He, he gave his job a smile and said, I'm not working here no more. And now he's working with uh, Honest Amish, and honestly... It's a great product. It's made in the USA. There's no additives. Aaron D. Johnston, dude, you're living your dream right now, and that is a crap. And he's as much of a legend in these here Francie and Friends parts, just as much as probably Brian Botano in in, uh, South Park. Aaron D. Johnston is like that here. He's uh, William say and D Johnston here. Awesome sauce. You are the man. <laughs> awesome sauce. He, he, he's he's living his dream and um, I I I love the guy and you know his air conditioner broke down and he's like, Hey, I'm hot. Life's great. So you kind of love that guy. Aaron D. Johnston, Honest Amish, we love the products and we love you. Yes, right, William? What she said. 
<laughs> and I'm I'm sure that everybody's noticing that there's not that other voice. Uh, so William's gonna have to play a uh, double role. Uh, who's missing? Tom Sawyer. Yep, our little buddy. Our little buddy. Yeah, he's not, he's not here tonight. He's one of my greatest authors at Black Bedsheet Books. I've published about like nine, ten books of his so far, and within the next month, I'm going to publish uh, another one, yet another one, just in time for his next convention over in Michigan. Well, you know what? In you know, in, in his absence, since I'm going to play a double role, you know, I, I might as well go ahead and uh, you know. Just take a nice yeah, deep breath, I can do for the method actors. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, uh, uh, hey, hey, hey uh, Nick, listen, I'm working on uh, maybe volume 187 of Ed Rodri Trust. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to have it done. If everything goes well, I'm going to take another hiatus, maybe by the fall. So I'm going to get at least three other books punched out. But um, I have a few ideas I need to bounce off you because I'm going to be uh, going to uh, at least uh, eight conventions. And wait, hold on a second. Go on. Go. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought I had to go out. Um, hey, that's uh, it. You anyway. sound just like him. <laughs> just the way Thank you. You don't normally have a hard time sounding just like him because you do sound alike. But uh, after listening to Francie and Friends over the last, like, few years or so, you you can tell the difference after a while, but you do have very similar voices, as we've talked about on previous shows and stuff, but that was a very good, when you like, um, you know, <clears throat> and then you started talking like him. We, we love you, Tom, wherever you are. Uh, and, uh, William did a great, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's really yeah. groovy. All right, well, so you. William has a big announcement, and then we're going to bring on uh, John after William's big announcement. William, oh, i got to make an announcement, on? too, a couple of announcements just for a second okay. there. But William, first. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, the, the, this was a huge um, humbling surprise that happened uh, this past week. So... Um, you know, I'm going to do a quick backstory just uh, just so everyone's you know aware and everything else. Um, a few months ago, uh, my my agent had uh, mentioned about an upcoming authors uh, symposium, and you know, pretty much so that we're going to have lots of major um, representatives and bigwigs uh, from uh, you know university libraries, corporate uh, retailers. Um, Pretty much anybody at the table that has the capability of buying books by the volume. And right off the bat, um, you know, before any other details were uh, able to be shared, I was like, well, you know, I have a background in public speaking. I love doing presentations. I'm comfortable in front of a camera. I'm comfortable in front of an audience. Sign me up. Where do, where do I go? My bag's already packed. When do we leave? <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, then the shoe dropped, and that's when I realized that uh, how much it was going to cost for the space uh, to uh, attend, <laughs> which was not in my uh, budgetary means. 
So I was like, okay, well, let me uh, retract my initial statement. Equally excited for everybody else that's going. I'll be cheering from from the uh, sidelines, and we'll just, uh, you know, keep plugging away on pushing my book sales. So lo and behold, on Thursday, uh, overnight Thursday, my agent messaged me, and she let me know that – one of her other clients actually was uh, sponsoring uh, spaces. And so uh, she asked for me to go ahead and take that space and uh, be part of the author symposium. So I'm happy to say that uh, The Legend of Graham How to Claire is going to be presented a week from tonight, next Sunday night, uh, so far to an audience of almost 2,000 people. Uh, the numbers are still coming right. Nice. Thank you. That's awesome. Totally. So that's why I was thinking awesome sauce. (laughs) With all the stuff and things. Yeah. That's great. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, that's I'm that's really, my I'm big... really proud of you, William, because you know you and I we we've talked on so many levels, and I'm glad to hear when something great happens for you, because you deserve it. Well, thank oh. you, thank you, dear. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, yeah, b- believe oh. me, I mean, Lord knows uh, how often we're always on yapping with each other and brainstorming everything. Uh, you know, it's it, it's just uh, it, it, it's humbling but awesome to see things you know, coming into fruition. So, made I my love weekend. It. Woo! That's <laughs> Nick, any announcements before we bring on uh, our guest? Yes, really quickly because we have to bring him on. I'm really looking forward to this. But um, yes, uh, uh, folks, first and foremost. Um, there are still copies of the hardcover of Halloween 4, the Ultimate Edition, um, uh, that uh, uh, based on the my novelization from 1988 for you know the Halloween franchise thingy, and uh, and that is at downwarden.com or you can go to Amazon or wherever it exists. Um, but uh, with black bedsheet books. Um, which has been around since 2008, and the sponsor of this show, through me, uh, its founder, we've got um, very recently released Slasher Girl by Raina Young, um, uh, the uh, famous horror hostess on cable TV in Northern California, and especially the Bay Area, Miss Raina Young. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Uh, yeah, cool. she's uh, going to come be coming back, um, and she was just at uh, Sinister Creature Con over here in Sacramento, and she debuted her novel Slasher Girl um, there, and to uh, to astounding success, everything with uh, uh, she has like about thirteen other books by me, um, Black Betsy books, um, and uh, those are her monster series, um, young adult uh, tween. Uh, monsters books and uh, we also coming up around the corner Tom Sawyer who is a co-host of this show 
that couldn't be here tonight that we previously mentioned. He is coming out with his uh, Twilight Zone, uh, Rod Serling uh, in, in Rodley Trust Part 2, which is coming out within the next month. Also, Pocket Full of Heads by our Swedish author, Tom Gade Olasen. Um, and uh, we're also going to be uh, one of our biggest successes was Patrick James Ryan's uh, The Night It Got Out. He's coming out with a sequel called The Night They Got Out. And uh, that's also excellent. Also, uh, we're also the last publisher that Vincent Price ever had before he passed away, and he'd never even heard of us because he passed away in 95. But the book by him and Joel Eisner that was written back then was published for the first time by us about, oh, I don't know, like seven, eight, nine years ago, and it's still going strong. Be sure to check that out. Uh, Vincent Price is probably one of the no, biggest no, horror voices, personalities of the 20th century, so we've got that. And uh, we've, well, I'm going to be announcing brand-new authors in the next couple of weeks. Also, we got Eric Shuttleworth. Uh, his Evil Houses collection is coming out in a big, huge volume in the middle of the summer. And um, all kinds of groovy, groovy stuff by me um, also coming out with a collection untitled as of yet with comic books by the end of the year. I hope so. Anyway, I think I got all that Push yourself that way. William... Because we love yeah. you. Your family. Push it. All right. Okay. Here we go. Are we ready? Are we ready? Ready. All right. Are we ready? Yo, Joe. Hey, guys. Joe uh, McGee. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you guys doing? Hey, Joe. Doing? How's it going? Ruby. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, and the thing is, is that you are doing good. I mean, you're you got a lot going on right now. Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. I uh, got a, a new movie coming out and uh, planning several others. So it's definitely, uh, you know, very very busy. We're uh, just finishing post production. About to have our premiere um, in a few weeks in in Rhode Island. So I'm really really stoked about that. Yeah, Good. that's uh oh oh crap. I I had my notes here. You're doing a monster movie and it's toned ah. Yep, you're, you're, you're on the right track. Yep, Tony Martone. Tony Martone's the name of the film. Tony Martone. So how did you come up with that concept? Uh, well, like uh, pretty much everything I do, it's um, it's just really a, um, a lot of original work. Some some ideas are uh, kind of developed by uh, dreams I have, and I kind of elaborate on those dreams and develop stories and characters. This particular one, though, I uh, kind of thought the idea of, and I, I kind of wrote it in my head, and then I took it from my head to a screenplay, and then next, you know, developed um, actors, uh, shoot dates, and then we filmed it, and, and the rest is history. Wow. Uh, let, let me ask you this, because you were talking about uh, filming the, uh, you know, 
you're filming it, you wrote it, you have the actors. Would you say that writing is harder or is filming harder? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's a great question. For me, though, um, writing is really like getting dressed. It's just so natural. Um, It comes really easy for me. I don't have a lot of roadblocks in that area. Filming, um, I would say, is a little bit harder because there's a lot of untangibles that I can't control. Um, On the writer's side, I don't have writer's blocks, so that's fine. But on the filming side, there's these variables where, you know, maybe – Maybe an actor gets sick or maybe the location, um, you know, drops out for some reason or we have weather problems or what have you. So I think those challenges definitely take, um, you know, are more challenging than writing. I can imagine, you know, I mean, you know, um, we have to admit, though, coming from, from the writing factor, you know, just executing it, and getting it all the way out there and uh, getting the story out, even uh, even if it's just the outline to start with, uh, you know, it, it's almost like a good cathartic release. Yeah, it is. It really is. It comes and and everything you know that I do is in my head, and then um, I write pretty quick, uh, really, really quick. I think in um, a couple of my other screenplays from my head, um, I did a, um, a short psychological thriller called For Bobby. It's like a 13-minute short, but very quick. I, I wrote that in, um, on paper, really quick, couple hours. And then some of my longer ones, uh, When the Sun Dies, that's, that's kind of in pre-production now, sci-fi, end of the world kind of themed. I think that one is um, 100 and, I don't know, 120 pages. Again, I, I wrote that um, just in a few days, so it comes pretty, pretty quick. Nice. Wow. I got. I I I actually have to salute you, and uh, you know I think William, as a writer also, and everything, dude. I I'm yeah. saluting you <laughs> because. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and for me though, uh, you know I'm a little different breed because I'm also an actual published author. I have books out as well. And I'm also a screenplay writer, um, you know, and traditional writing I think is a little bit harder because, you know, there's just a lot more context. You know, you're trying to paint the vision with your words where you're doing a screenplay, you're kind of telling the words with emotions or words. So, you know, I'm kind of at both spectrums. You know, I can, you know, obviously I can write books and I can also write screenplays. Wow. Well, you know, well I'm, I'm glad to be in the, uh, the, the same boat as you because um... – you know your 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 devotion alone and dedication like that uh, is absolutely inspiring. Um, I'm I'm actually new on the screenplay front. Uh, I've had okay. two of my scripts uh, optioned and produced, uh, you know, between uh, 2019 and uh, 2020. But uh, I've got about six of them that are being shopped around as we speak. So, nice, you know, nice. um, thank you. Yeah, my my only drawback is, um, you know, I come from like you, I come from a publishing background, so there were times where, uh, you know, I'd get the notes back and be like, we don't need paragraphs for descriptions. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know. it's it's, it's so you know, when you when you're writing a book though, you know, you really want to convey that that emotion or you know, kind of weed into what you're trying to show them or whatever. But when you're doing a screenplay, you're right, a very the less 
you know, dialogue between cuts, the better. You know, you can invoke a lot of that with emotion or, you know, um, the way they, they kind of, their tone and things like that. So it's mm-hmm. definitely different, definitely different. Without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> I'm going to try and sound intellect right now. Uh, I did go to college. Yay. But they did say, like, Denzel Washington, uh, Glory, you can't get that teardrop. Do you find that to be true? Um, I mean, I guess in a way, yes and no. The the, the big thing, and I'm sure everyone on, on the phone can agree with me, though, is, like like anything else, you're gonna have your hit or misses, right? Everything's subjective, everything's opinionated, right? You have your demographics, you have, you know, you might hook a certain audience with with you know a particular project, and then you might miss on a, a younger generation or older generation or vice versa, where they might not get it. So it is definitely hard trying to cater or market, you know, your project or your story to the right demographics because. Not everyone's going to get it, and not everyone not everyone's going to like it. So that's really the tricky part, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. Now, I, I agree. I, I, I will say this much with with your new one with with Tom Martone. Um, yeah, I was that. You know, I was. I'm definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to, to watching it because uh, you know what really intrigued me about it besides uh, besides your uh, lead actor. Is you know, just the fact that you're doing them probably from in, up around the uh, New England area, and you know I'm I'm just uh, I'm 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 just absolutely beyond the point of Florida on that one because uh, that's one of the things that kind of put me away from most mob movies was uh, you can only stand Chicago and New York only so long and it gets a little boring and redundant after that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And this story, you know, um kind of like you you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's um in the story, it's um East Providence, Rhode Island. We all know you know about Providence Federal Hill, the real mafia, but I want, you know, it's fiction, so I can basically tell a story anywhere. So I decided to go with East Providence, and it's kind of a story about uh Tony Martone he kind of leads the uh the mafia very respected, very well-known, until a rival family, the Amados, Ray Amato, Ray the Snake Amato, comes in for his territory. Now, Tony Martone, he's really into not really drugs, but, you know, carrying, gambling, extortion, you know, stuff, money laundering. Um, but what Ray Amato wants to do is he wants to bring drugs into East Providence, and Tony Martone finds out about this plan. Amato's originally from New York. He's coming into East Providence to kind of, you know, uh, basically uh, mess with them. And there's a blood war. There's a line that's crossed. I'm not going to get into too much detail. But um, that's really exciting to me is to have it in the East Coast. We actually filmed, this is exciting, we filmed in Connecticut, Mass, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, uh, four states. Um, Very exciting, you know. A lot of great locations. Yeah. Nice. That, that, That is actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think the, the biggest part for the biggest challenge for us was is uh, we were supposed to be done, um, I believe, in December, maybe January, December 2021, January 2022. Um, we had a, a couple uh, more scenes, and then um, when we were trying to schedule it, 
but the lead actor got COVID, so I had to push it back three weeks. Then the other actor got COVID. I had to push it back again two weeks. I got COVID, and we had to push it back. So it kind of ah! just truncated, you know, it, it really delayed the process. So things like that, what I was referring to before about filming, those intangibles that, that just happened, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, you, you don't think much about it. Okay, okay, so I'm supposed to stay in the house. And you don't think much about it. Production stopped. Yeah. Yeah. That's something you don't think about. It's like Deborah Lamb. She's like, oh, I had four movies lined up, and, well, I don't have those four movies. It, it, yeah, that took a big stab in independent filmmakers also. Yeah, and, and not just that, too. The other problem that we had was is we had this location in Connecticut. It was a strip club scene. You'll see it in the movie. And we had to actually change the strip club two or three times because every time we would do a reschedule, the guy that would open up was either not available or, you know, because he'd have to drive in. Like, because when I want to film at the strip club, I'm not going to do it during, you know, business hours because I don't want, you know, someone's spouse in there. Hey, what's he doing at the strip club? So I want to control the environment. So I do it before they open, and then I bring my own people in. I bring my own dancers in, what have you. So, but the problem was is that this location just wasn't a great time. You know, some COVID, we had to push, we had to so we made on another strip club, so kudos to uh, Keepers Gentlemen's Club here in Milford, Connecticut, was the final club that we landed on, and we got the scene done. That's awesome. See, no. you worked around COVID. Yeah, 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 we did. It was uh, tough, but, uh, yeah, we, we got it finished, and I'm really, really happy and excited to tell the story there, there's going to be some interesting things in the plot um that you'll see you know um and um it's definitely a fun one i really enjoyed uh some of the dialogue it's fun you know it's um some humor in it too i, I like humor gotta have the well, we, gotta have the funnies in there you yeah, gotta I, have I, the funny yeah i, I mean oh, yeah. something to help as a buffer that's for sure absolutely um, yeah, so there's going to be um, um, a line about swordfish and coke. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. It's going to be hilarious, though. It's going to be hilarious. Please say that they're not adding swordfish to their coke. <laughs> You'll have to wait to see. You'll have to wait to see what, what the dialogue is oh, about. Man. Let's just say the guy, Johnny, no. he likes to watch the National Geographic channel. He gets some weird ideas. Let's just say that. Oh, this Please don't say he's going to add swordfish to his coke. You'll have to see. You'll have to see. You'll have to see what happens. Well, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I'll guys. Just... Back back in the day, I probably would have. Um, back in my like oh thirty, thirty five years ago, when I had uh, certain drug addictions and I partied in Hollywood and everything, no, I no, probably you, would no have had swordfish, swordfish with my cook. <laughs> what? Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> well, I'm not well, going mean... to try flaming hot Mountain Dew. I mean, that's disgusting. Who would? Which, by the way, William, I was going to let. I was going to say, William, 
Drink yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> and what's now, also um, good about the film, um, there's certain moments I'm, I'm pretty, I'm going to say I'm pretty 100% by the book as far as script. I let the guys improvise you know, when appropriate. So there's this one scene in the warehouse where basically there's, uh, let's just say, um, a guy is running through the warehouse. It doesn't end well, but in the script, um, they were basically supposed to um, just beat this guy up, throw him to the ground. And one of the guy, one of the actors, Gio Driscani, shout out to him, he's from New York. He sounds just like a little uh, Joe Pesci. He's got the accent, sounds just like him. And near the door, he there was a shovel. He actually picked up the shovel and started using it. That wasn't in the script, but it worked out so well, we left it. I mean, just you got to run with it. If it looks good, it goes well, you leave it in. So, I mean, stuff like that happens, and, and we let we let it go. Well, that's great, yeah. though. I mean, sometimes, uh, oh, you know, Go ahead, there's, sometimes there's a gold moment there, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, Mario's your main actor right now. Yep, Mario Canero, he plays Tony Martone, and then Ray, the Snake Amano is played by Danny Feynman, who's a New York actor. And Mario's right in... Uh, Rhode Island. He's actually a CPA during the day. He does taxes, and then uh, and then he, he likes to kill people in my movies for fun. So <laughs> they always do numbers. They always do math throughout the day, and then they come home and they're like, "Okay, I gotta go to the the film." The other office. <laughs> yeah. As y'all, yo. Okay, so listen. You owe a lot of money, not to me, to the government. But you can pay me on the side if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what they do. You know, it's I'm I'm, I'm gonna work the numbers in the day, and I'm gonna come home, and I'm gonna say, nah, I love you, honey," and I'm gonna go out and shoot a couple of bad guys. And I'm walking here. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a really bad accent. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an A for effort, though. Oh, okay. I got, I got an A. Yes, you did. Okay. So, Joe, can I be in your next movie? Come on, make, <laughs> give me a break here. You know, I'm try, I'm flying. You know, I, I, I ate a lobster yesterday, and it, 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 it made my throat burn. I'm still. <laughs> How am I doing? Am I doing okay? Yeah, let's go out for a couple of hamburgers. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that, wow. that was, okay. uh, don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> that, that, you oh, you you must have heard that laugh a number of times that I'm, I'm, I'm sounding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a very good actress, okay? Okay. Okay. Well, well, you're, at least you're trying. You got, you, you know, you're putting the effort out there. So, you know, now I mean, so, if, you, no, if you'd I, like, I, I did not make you cut. I understand, but you gotta realize, I did come from, uh, I did come from South Carolina, so you know, my accent sucks. <laughs> Well, 
She came from another planet is what she came from. <laughs> John? John, there are you go. still there? You mean Joe? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here, guys. Um, <laughs> hamsters. So, so another um, another good thing, too, is about this is, um, you know, when we wanted to, we're going to do a, a premiere before Amazon Prime, and I wanted it to be in uh, Woonsocket or Rhode Island, so we picked Woonsocket. Rhode Island at the Stadium Theater on July 8th, 6 p.m. We're having our public premiere open to the public. So Martone will premiere there, and then following it will go on to Amazon. Now, when you do the uh, premiere, are, are you going are you know, to take uh, Q&A as well, too, or anything like that? Or You know, it's going to be a great to... experience. It's not going to be a traditional, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, AMC down the road and watch a movie. This is an interactive experience. So you're literally sitting with the actors, your public. There's a photo background with our sponsors, actors again, pictures done. You know, it's a very formal event. Um, you know, so basically from like 6 to 7, there'll be networking, there'll be pictures. 7 o'clock, I'll go on the stage. I'll make a few announcements, some fun facts. Interviews are being conducted uh, behind stage for uh, crew and cast. And then by 7.30, the movie plays, and then we'll wrap with some Q&A. So very, very interactive. Oh, good, good. Yeah, been, been thing, that actually sounds incredible. Yeah, and, you know, the venue, the stadium here, if you don't know much about it, if you're not, for, you know, from the uh, over this way a lot, it's beautiful. It's 1,088 capacity. That That's ridiculous. Uh, wow. That's going to be some good numbers, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Now, I want to go. It's too any, far any... away. Well, where, where's, the, where's the same boat, Nick? I'm down here in South Florida. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that really actually does sound really good. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never been to Rhode too. Island, so. You know, now, um, look, you know, one what, what of the things I've been very curious about, though, is, um, you know, obviously, given the fact you are doing a mob film, you know, have, have you had people come by that have been like, well, you know, he sounds like a, a familiar name. We might have had somebody in the town maybe 40, 50 years back. My grandfather might have done some business with him. You know, have you had, like, circumstances like that, uh, you know, during the course of the production at all? Or? No, no, nothing nothing really like that. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's some times when we're filming East Providence, you know, in, in the movie business, there's, there's things called um, closed sets and open sets. That particular set was, um, you know, open, meaning that public were around us. We didn't have the cops close the road. We were outside, which is fine. But we had people, curious people, that were kind of trying to peek peek out. Actually, what's funny about that story was, is I was filming the exterior on our um, our shooting, our, our shooting scene outside. We had a cop car come. One of my friends has a decked out cop car, really legit. And um, one of the neighbors that was one of the houses across from where we're shooting. I had my, I think marketing and branding is important, so I always wear my McGee Production gear. That's my company. And on the back of my hoodie, it says McGee Productions.us. When I got home, I had a message on my messenger. 
He goes, hey, this is blah, blah, blah. I saw you were filming outside my house. I noticed your hoodie. I would love to know more about what you're filming. So you get the curious types, you know, always looking out or messaging you about different things. Oh, okay. You know, now, you know, when it comes to the curious ones like that, uh, you know, do you, do you share, like, what it is you're working on or, you know, do you pour the, oh, yeah. do you pour the old, uh, or, or do you go to the old George Lucas and be like, well, yeah, working on a horror film called Blue Harvest. going to be out later this summer with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm uh, I'm pretty open. There there was another time I was filming around the same area for Reflections, um, another project I had, and we were doing, you know, the, the police were made aware we were doing there, and we were doing smoke. And he comes running out, what is on fire? I, you know, I, I had to explain to the guy, I already talked to you. You know where we're doing. Stop being nosy and get out of here. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't really tell you we're in a public area, but I was not really happy about him coming over every second to wonder get those nosy people. You know, that definitely oh, yeah. happens. Uh, with Tony Martone, we didn't see too much of that, though, so we were, we were really lucky about that. Good. You good. should tell them all, we can't tell you because it's against the law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I literally told, uh, I said, hey, you know, the the East Providence police know we're here. Why don't you call, go call them, and, and they'll tell you more. And then I said, leave me alone. Because yeah. you got to understand, too, is in production, you know, we're we're up to, against the clock. You know, we have scenes. We have other things to do. we got to be, oh, yeah, time-oriented of, you know, where we want to be. So we don't have time to, to, to uh, answer all these questions. I think is really cool about independent filmmakers you guys have more heart than let's say Steven Spielberg okay he's gonna film a movie you know he's gonna get billions of dollars to film that movie you don't and that's what makes you more passionate about the film am I right Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely... Without a doubt. You know, yeah, definitely varying levels of passion. But, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg, he's going to say, hey, I want to film a movie, and then the movie studio is going to say, hey, I'm going to throw billions of dollars in somebody like you. And I'm not saying I hope you don't. See, you can't even say somebody like you anymore. But you know what I'm saying is, you know, you, you're a filmmaker. You want to make a film. No, Nobody's going to throw money at you and say, do it. You got to earn that money. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. And with you earning that money, it's you got more heart in that movie because that. See what I'm saying? Okay, I don't know. Well, I mean, because you're basically I, I, doing it from the ground up versus somebody that's already corporate. And once they make a deal, it's like, okay, you got all these units and everything's all together, kind of like the military. But when you're just independent and stuff, you got to start from the ground up, and, uh, and then blood, you, know, you get like other people involved. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's, right, absolutely. But uh, but also though, at that point, that 
you have to admit, though, it's because of that passion and, and the drive to, to push ahead like that. It, 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 it's what helps the show on when you, when you reveal the finished product because, you know, I, I hate to say it, but look at how many of the corporate people, nine times out of ten, the studios are like, well, we've already written out a blank check. Please feel free to put as many zeros that you think that you would like to have for, yeah. uh, for this product. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, de- definitely though. I mean, um, you know, like I said before, you know, just for your concept shots and everything else, this does look like a fantastic film. And it does. You know, I'm, you know, it it definitely gave me uh, hope for mob films again. After all, so so I, I was very disappointed over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's just a lot of different styles of movies. You know, obviously, like anybody else. You know, you have favoritism to one one side or the other. You know, I, I definitely like sci-fi, horror, uh, mob. Obviously, I always wanted to, to to do my own mob, and one day I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then, hey, this year kind of came about, and and I wrote it, did it, and uh, now it's pretty much here, ready for everyone to see it. So I'm really excited about that. Excellent. You know, one thing that's really interesting to me is. Um, um, uh, most of the, well, for one thing, a lot of the independent filmmakers that have been on Francie and Friends over the years have been uh, predominantly horror uh, filmmakers, uh, independent horror filmmakers. And um, um, from uh, listening to you and everything and knowing about the, this new movie project that you're doing, um, it, it reminds me very much of Lucio Fulci, who was predominantly an Italian horror filmmaker responsible for, like, Zombie and, and so many others. But he he came out in the late 70s with a gangster film, a mob film. Um, and uh, I forgot what it was called. I have the soundtrack to it, too, and Francie even knows the one of the songs from that movie. But uh, it's interesting how uh, that kind of, in my mind, it correlates with uh, uh, with uh, how you're doing uh, your gangster film and talking about, like, independent horror and, and so on and so forth. There seems to be, like, a big correlation, especially when it comes to the violence. You can have a good gangster movie, independent gangster movie, with the right action, right characters, right acting, and everything all like come into place, you know, with the violence that that entails. It's like unto a horror movie. It's just the monsters are real people. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And the other thing, um, not just about, um, not just about that uh, coming to life. One of the other things that was important to me when I was developing the movie was I wanted an Italian flair for the music. So. Why not get a real Italian composer? So one, my composer is from Italy, and he, he scored. Um, if you watch Tony Martone, the opening intro on YouTube, that opening music, we call it the Tony Martone Blues, that was originally composed by Alberto uh, Belvia, who lives in Italy, who's my composer. Uh, my, my father, also uh, very um, um, inclined in, in um, uh, music, is my other composer. He does a lot of uh, composers comp- compositions for my other movies, but he's helping out with some of the tracks 
but Alberto has that Italian flair that you're going to see in this as well. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, are you kind of well, fair to middle and well-versed in the old Italian, like, mob movies and independent mob movies from the 70s, 80s, so forth? Um, I'll probably say, you know, I, I do like um, a lot of movies from the 80s and 90s. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a younger guy myself. Um, so the 70s was, I mean, I, I do see a little bit of that, 70s um, stuff, was, but more for, more like the 80s, 90s, I would say, as far as uh, mob movies. Okay. Ah, awesome, yeah. You should check some of those uh, stuff out, some of the older independent films. I, I, I really like, um, I, I've got a nice little collection that I've, developed over the years dvds and whatnot and uh like especially with the um the older like 70s and 80s uh uh italian horror films the really cheap italian horror films but there's a lot of um of like mafia type stuff and it was just like it was a dime a dozen and uh when i hear some of these directors on some of the special features on some of these things talk about the the making of these uh, I mean they were made for like really super low budget and whenever like some uh, Hollywood film would come out there would always be like an Italian really cheap version of it or something but a lot of the <laughs> yeah, older gangster out. things and the mafia stuff and and the horror zombie stuff um, from Italy it's it's amazing amazing stuff you got to look into some of the some of the best directors of those those times. I mean, uh, being an ind- independent filmmaker, um, doing that 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 would like you would go, oh my god, I've seen these things now for the next decade of my life. I'm going to make movies inspired by them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and and you have to admit, you can see also as well too, like on certain ones where there's almost like a little bit of a bleed over. You know, like um, you know, I guess probably so. The best example I can give you would be like the, uh, the the one sequence in Zombie where the where the lady gets her eye plunged into the uh, door frame. You know. Oh yeah, that you, that's always cool. Yeah, you know, but um, <laughs> I, I can't you know, for the life of me, I can't pronounce it because outside of pizza and everything else, my Italian's rather broken, but. You know, there, but there was also a similar mobster film that did something kind of very similar to what Fulci did with that one. So, you know, it's just interesting to see how you can kind of blur the line between the genres that way as well, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, horror yeah. is in everything, even Lifetime movies. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, with the specific gang, gangsters type stuff, I, I remember in the 90s, 90s, mid-90s, when I, I got really familiar with um, um, Chow Yun-Fat and um, uh, some of the stuff that he came out with as a uh, really great action star from China, um, and... Uh, and John Woo uh, uh, directed him, and, and they <laughs> both came to America, did some great stuff. Um, uh, that that kind of stuff too has inspired many a 
uh, of a independent, you know, professional stuff. Things I trail off. Forgot what my point was. <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, there's just a lot of, um, not just for me, but others, like a lot of inspirations, you know, that can really spark, um, you know, some ideas as far as where you want to go, um, you know, what, what movies you want to do and things like that. Um, you know, for me, though, like when I first started, I actually started back in 2016. I was a nonfiction author. I wrote about a corporate leadership book, and then I kind of dove into fiction. <clears throat> 2017, I wrote a book called The White House is Fake, not about Donald Trump, but about the Dwight Eisenhower, the National Federal Aid, Aid Highway Act, originally designed by the military but now used for civilian. And I tied my fiction around that. And then I kind of did a Letters for Annie. Uh, it was World War II based on real uh, letters. We filmed on the battleship Massachusetts. And then uh, from there, I just uh, decided just to kind of take it one step further and, and start doing movies and you know, really, instead of writing, tell people, show people what you're thinking. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, say, do you have something that's been brewing for years inside your head that uh, the I only did. thing that kept you from doing it that. is a budget, but something that if you had an unlimited budget as a filmmaker to produce and put out there into the world, do you have, like, something in the back of your head that would go, yeah, you know, I'll do this. What would it be? That is a, that's a great loaded question, and I'm sure I'll have an answer one day. But it, I have a lot of ideas right now that are brewing, but they're very manageable projects that can be done at the independent level. But I'm sure one day I'll have this, like, huge idea that we got to go, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 million, we can, you know, do all this and, you know, whatever it might be. But, yeah, I don't think I'm there yet to kind of give you an answer on that but I'm, I'm hoping one day i'll have something you know just mind-blowing that will need so much so much so much resources and you know we want to tell the story but but right now you know there's a lot of uh, other ideas i have in, in the brew but more on the independent level oh cool, See, cool. That's, that's, well, still, I, mean, that's good I, lo- I love that answer that was completely honest yeah. You oh, yeah. gave the most honest answer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, but, probably the most brilliant answer we ever got on the show is I don't know. And that's sure. okay. you know, uh, when you go further right into your career, you'll develop a realization of that, though. <laughs> But I mean, now, you know, like with uh, with Tony Martin, you know, without without spoiling it too much, um, could there be any possibility of for Singer to you know pick up like as a as a series, maybe like a, a trilogy or something like that, or you know, more than likely it'll be just like a one time shot. Hello. 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 Hi. Oh no. Oh, it's just us. What happened? 
Woonsocket. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Pro. And, uh, yeah, that sums that up. Excellent. I think you're awesome. And I think you're living the dream. And these are what dreams are made of. You know, you're oh, yeah, not I'm not going to go to work unless I wear a face mask. No, you go to work. <laughs> well, well, that, that you really are tells. work. <laughs> yeah, break, wherever break, you go, there you are, and you are working. No, I, 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 think you're do, I think you're doing a great job, and everything that you're doing, and you are a go-getter, and you're not letting everything go to waste. You're saying, no, I'm pushing forward. And uh, I just want to say definitely, uh, you know, break, break a leg on, on the premiere. I mean, that, that is awesome that you're going to do it at the theater like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you get a, you're going to get a full house because, uh, you know, just from what you've had on there and just from the teasers and everything else, this is definitely one that the audiences need for a big screen for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really pumped about it. It's going to be a one hell of a story, one night, stay with the actors, come come see us. And Amazon Prime, here we are. Exactly. That's awesome. I'm not going to say William Awesome Sauce. Okay, I said it. <laughs> there you go. So, but it, but now that you said it, you, you need to go ahead and dial. Awesome sauce. But now you need to go ahead and, and call Aaron D. Johnson and you on his new complaint number, which is area code 818-867-5309. She hates that song. <laughs> yes, she does. I, I know. You have no idea how many times my eyes rolled on that. And she had another word awesome And another fun fact, too, um, I know we're going to be cut off soon, is um, uh, in uh, July I'll be down in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'll be, I was been hired to film a movie with Tom Sizemore. It's called Mob Humor. It's a Whoa. comedy, a mob comedy. I didn't write it. I'm just filming for this project, but that's going to be exciting. We're going to be in Greensboro, well, North Carolina, doing that in July. Congratulations. Okay. Oh, wow. I love about that is I've been to Greensboro, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, Greensboro. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my first time going oh, down, down. Uh, I mean, I've been to South Carolina, but I haven't, I've not, I haven't been to uh, North Carolina too much. I think I might have been to Charlotte once, but I haven't been over that way. Okay. Oh. I think I think that's also near uh, Chuck W. Chapman's uh, kind of little haunting areas, right, Nick? Oh, yeah, yes, indeed, yes. yeah. No, One of my no, authors no. did a Charles Chuck, Manson book. Chuck is in South Carolina. Don't get them mixed up because I was in Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina. No, there's a big difference between North Carolina and South Carolina. Well, yo, one's yo, north yo, and one's yo. south, right? That is the biggest difference. Get the your shit. I said shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. So, well, that's just shitty. <laughs> Oops. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say yeah. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, oh, wow. Yep, it's about time to, well, I don't John, know. John, I'm sorry, I said shit. <laughs> well, he did, I did too. She did, I did too. Yeah, but, but Joe, definitely, it, it, it was great talking with you tonight and just uh, getting your input. And, uh, yeah, definitely lo- looking forward to the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be great. Yeah, I, I really do want to watch it. Uh, from everything that Francie told me, too, before the show about you, it, it just sounds right. right at my alley. It sounds like, uh, you know, we could have, like, the next uh, Francis Coppola or – Quentin Tarantino on on our hands ten years from oh, yeah, now. Absolutely, and then for the people that know from me, now you could I, be like, oh, we we knew him then. And for the people that know me, that seen my other projects, I like to put Easter eggs in in the film. There's going to be an Easter egg in Tony Martone. Some of you may see it, some of you may not, but there is something that's uh, relevant to me in there as one of the props. Um, you have to oh. just wait and see. Oh, cool. Ooh, awesome. Easter eggs are good, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easter eggs kind of show that there's a little bit of attention to detail in there somewhere. He didn't just, like, film a bunch of stuff, and there you have it. But there was, like, other things involved. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like to put uh, the stuff hunt. in there that's... Hey, Some it, awesome it, sauce yeah. in there, you know? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> awesome sauce. See, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're talking our language. Awesome sauce. <laughs> Aaron, I love you, buddy. All right, we're about to be cut off. Uh, yes. You? Yes. What? Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Before we're going to get cut off, I'm going to do two things. One, because Francie just told me to do it during the show. And two, just for courtesy purposes. Joe, thank you for the friend, you know, for accepting my friend request. And uh, thank you as well, too, for being on the show tonight. And Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, and Francie, just to make you happy. I've created a Facebook page for the Legend of Graham How to Claire. It's a public page. Everybody is welcome to join. You know, it took me 30 years to write the series as a books, and now we're shopping it around to the studios. So uh, if you want to see all the backstory, the trivia, and everything else, you can find it on Facebook. Very cool. Very cool. Check that out. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I think from now on I'm going to end every show too with uh with in my input anyway it's going to be like just a off the top of my head recollection from an old 80s commercial. So, here goes. Chef okay. Splin has four flavors in one bag. Chef Splin has four flavors, four flavors. Tasty tuna, lively liver. Hearty beef and cheese, too. You've got the time. We've got the beer. Miller beer. Back up. 
and the sewage would come <laughs> yeah. right in the floor. And I'll tell you, you've never, you never quite danced as hard as you have to for tips when the smell of sewage is thick in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, how Jeffrey Dahmer's in that story, so, you know, wrap a long story around. Um, he used to come in that bar all the time and stand in the corner. So he really, yeah. <laughs> so you know, as, as soon as I saw his face, I was like, "Oh my God, I totally teabagged him." People always, people always, people always, you know, want to hear. You know, I, I have very few memories of actually like interacting with him and talking with him. I have a few. I remember yeah. for Christmas, I brought in chocolate for the bar. Yeah. I made chocolates, you know, you make them in the mold and whatnot. And uh, he told me how to make my, my chocolates so that they would have a sheen on top rather than a matte finish. And uh, wow. that's all about, you know, putting with a few sauce. Yeah, didn't he work at a Santa Claus chocolate factory or something? Well, yeah, it would make sense because he gave me this whole little master class on how to make chocolates that night as I danced. But, yeah. <laughs> wow, amazing. The only real creepy thing that, that uh, he ever said to me um, was during uh, Gay Pride. I saw him out, and actually the guy that I saw him out with was actually actually one of his victims later, a guy named Jay. But, really? Um, really? Wow. So uh, he used to mumble a lot. And uh, the thing that you got to know about Jeffrey Dahmer is when he showed up in the bar, he got stumbling drunk. He, you know, I, I think the alcoholism actually saved a lot of people's lives, actually, because he got so drunk that he couldn't lure people. There's no way anybody would go anywhere with him, short of right. Milwaukee. He was too drunk to function at that point, so he's certainly not going to be able to lure right. somebody back to his place. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So I think you know, it's drinking the same way I'm out in a club and I'm stumbling drunk. I can't lure anyone home. It's just no fun at all. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I remember him at, at uh, Gay Pride, and that was the only time I ever hung out with him outside of dancing. And yeah. um, he was standing there, and I said to him, you know, why do you always mumble, you know? And uh, he leans in, and he says, it makes people lean in closer, which is kind of creepy in that now, is it me or wow. did anybody else get chills when when uh, Babette said that? It was kind of like you know you're leaning in close to listen to Jeffrey Dahmer talk. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like just grab you. Knowing, yeah, knowing who that comment comes from, it just makes you go, "Wow, that's just yeah, that's yeah, that's just all of that." Because they were that's the chilling thing about it is that there's some sort of calculation behind all of that. You know, it's just like yikes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's really. very weird, and it, 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 psychologically, I'll tell you right now, it, psychologically, that whole time period in Chicago really fucked me up. Man, I hate that. I put my phone on mute, and I'm sitting here, and I'm talking and talking, and then I realize, damn it, I'm on mute. <laughs> so let's just... <laughs> let's just... Well, you have it. You had me masturbating in prison. You never have lots of talk about that. So. Yeah, well, we'll have to ask him about masturbating in prison again, and then yeah, the female. I'm, I'm, I'm looking very forward to that. Yeah, we were dorks. Not much to do in Columbia. No, probably. no, we were awesome. Shut up. Yeah. Well, we've got a message to get out. We've got the gospel to preach. If we've got to be on seven nights a week, that's what we got to do. That's right. That's right. And we got to raise money to keep John Lincoln vodka. 
That's right. <laughs> so send your check, people. Send your time. John Wick Nugent Smirnoff. That's right. Pay to the Smirnoff. Yes, all hell. Four zero eight. Are you Joe Flynn? Hell yes, young lady. How the hell you?
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.